Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the What Fulfills You podcast. My name is Emily and I am your host. If you are new to the show, welcome and thank you for tuning in this week, today, and hopefully in the future. A little bit about me. I am a full-time entrepreneur. I also work in sales eight to five and I balance all of that with this podcast as well as writing on my blog. A little bit less about me. I'm just going to dive into this very brief intro today. Obviously, there's so much going on. I kind of already shared that on Monday's episode, so I really don't want to touch more on everything in the world aside from the fact that If you're listening, I hope you are going to gain some value out of this podcast and other podcasts that you're tuning into during this very, um, I guess, slower period of time and while we have more time to digest good information like books, audiobooks, podcasts, um, anything else that can just really get us out of our usual zone of being on social media and scrolling. So, Hope you are just utilizing this time to benefit yourself. For me, I just kind of wanted to share as well. Um, I was actually sharing this with my best friend Harry on the phone earlier today, but I am definitely using this time to obviously improve all areas of life where I can, but specifically my fitness and health. Obviously, all of the gyms and studios are closed, and if you follow me on Instagram or kind of keep up with me in other areas, you probably know that I tend to work out at fitness studios just because it's a lot easier for me to balance it with my 8 to 5 job during the normal times, but obviously right now it kind of worked out because I am trying to lose weight actually in a healthy way. I am trying to lose about... 10 pounds, I would say, and not necessarily um, just like 10 basic pounds, but I just definitely 10 pounds of fat, I would say. To be really transparent, I think from the outside looking in, most people would not say I'm fat and I'm not saying I am. I just think that I want my physique to be more in shape and have better endurance like I did back when I was younger and training in skating and tennis and Obviously, my figure and my endurance will never be as great as it was at that time, but I wanted to just be better than it is right now because um, I strength train a lot, so I do like some light weight lifting, I do Pilates and things like that, but I haven't done cardio or I haven't ran a mile in like a long time, so things like that, I'm trying to just get out of my comfort zone and obviously with uh, COVID-19, I'm going to use this time to do those things and go outside and just go for a run and it takes me about 10-15 minutes and then I kind of call that my workout for the day. So that's something I just wanted to share in case that could shed any light of inspiration for you guys, especially if you are similar to me and you tend to do a lot of the similar workouts and you avoid things like running because you know it's going to be good for you but you kind of don't love it so um yeah I just thought I would share what I'm doing in the meantime but just to dive into what this episode consists of 
Today, I have my very dear friend, Mike Yu, on this podcast. I call him Mike Yu, but his full name is Michael Uribe. Um, To give a very quick, or at least I hope, quick background about him and how I met him. Long story short, I met him when I was a senior in high school back in Pennsylvania, back in the day, and he was actually my server at Applebee's. And Applebee's is a restaurant I used to go to pretty often when I was growing up. That was one of the restaurants that, you know, just us Pennsylvanians would go to kind of. And especially in high school when, you know, I can't legally drink and I can't do a bunch of things, you know, and there's also not much to do where I was from. My friends and I would go to Applebee's and just order dessert or order appetizers and just kind of hang out there. And um, at the time, one of my best friends, Antonia, we would always go to Applebee's. And so I met him. He was our server. And on his name tag, it said Mike Yu. And something to know about me is that I have a very troll-like personality. So when I see something funny or I see ways to make something funny, I will definitely do it. So when I saw his name saying Mike Yu, I would just kind of, I don't want to say I mocked it, but I was like, oh my god, Mike Yu, and um, it kind of caught on. So somehow we just kind of naturally became friends and we kept in touch. This was my senior year of high school, so towards the end, I was preparing to move to California, and that was something I shared with him as well during the times or during the multiple times. My friends and I would come in to just hang out at Applebee's, and I would share with him, yeah, you know, I'm planning on moving to California to go to school, and um, so that's kind of how our friendship started, and I will be candid as well. Probably the first two years of college, we did not keep in touch that much, not out of bad energy or anything it was just simply like you know um kind of how it is naturally sometimes you go about your lives in a different way and then reconnect somehow so of course inevitably we reconnected in I'd say mid 2017 and this was during a time I was struggling a lot uh, mentally and emotionally I think this was around the time I was um I think just about to go through a breakup or maybe just went through a breakup and I remember it felt so it just felt it just felt like a breath of fresh air to reconnect with him and um, I think at the time he was also in Europe I think I received a call from my German friend and he was backpacking in Europe and he came across her in Germany and they called me so I think that was kind of the start of us um, reconnecting. And so ever since mid-2017, we have stayed in contact pretty consistently. I want to say we find a way to text or call each other once a month at the very least. And all in all, I want to just say that Mike Yu is someone that I love to go to when it comes to looking for unbiased opinions on anything in life, whether it's about relationships, dealing with friends, or my personal um, struggles in maybe it's something family related, things like that. I think he's someone that's always just been a core friend of mine, yet someone that I can always rely on to give me unbiased opinions um, and be able to talk through things or talk through my way of thinking in a sense. And He's just also a very supportive person and great energy. I think that's something I'll always think of when I think of him is that 
he has tremendous energy, typically very focused and just very charismatic and empathetic. So he's just a very valuable friend of mine. And I guess the moral of the story is that out of all places or out of all situations on how I've met him, it was literally because he was my server at a restaurant. And so my personal, I guess, takeaway from how our friendship started is that don't ever count people out just because of you know where you're meeting them or how you're meeting them you never know how you know friendships and relationships can play out and obviously like I've said on this podcast he's going to be someone that I know will be a lifelong friend of mine I think we're always going to cross paths one way or another and um, overall he's a great person very wise and is very focused so hope you guys enjoy this and without further ado let's just dive right into the episode okay hello mike you it's been a long time coming i've wanted to have you on the podcast for so long so thank you so much for taking your time out of your lovely sunday to be here Well, hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm I'm super pumped up and I'm I'm excited to get going. Of course, Mike. Well, how about you just go about the usual and introduce yourself in your own words? Okay, yeah, sounds good. Well, hey guys, my name is Mike Uribe, better known as Mike or Mike U. Uh, I'm actually the wolf of Reading, Pennsylvania. So I'm I'm, I'm like like Jordan Belfort and I specialize in insurance sales. I have a a candid and a really extraordinary sales background. I can pretty much take anybody off the street who's never done sales before and I can teach them sales and make them a, a six-figure earning closer. Uh, besides that, I've had several different businesses in the past and I, I've, I've worked with David Meltzer and I, I've, I've been a long-term friend of Emily's now for the past couple of years. We met during my time when I was a server while working in the restaurant business and that's just grown extraordinarily and leading me into the sales career. And uh, most most. Most recently, I'm actually working on actually launching a new e-commerce product and platform that's TVA, but you guys will definitely hear more about it as time goes on. So that's just a little bit about me. That is so awesome, Mike. And how about you dive into a brief little tidbit of how we met, like when you were still a server back in the day, kind of say in your own words, because I always love to reflect on these moments, as you know. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, it was it was incredible because you were friends with Antonia at the time, you know, and she was here uh, visiting from Germany as a foreign exchange student. But when you guys had came in to visit me at the restaurant, you know, I took care of the restaurant as if it was my own. That's my that's my thinking into everything. You know, when I was working for people at the time, let me go ahead and treat their business as my own because I knew one day that would eventually lead into me having my own business. So when I first met you, you know, it was it was cool. You know, we had a we had a great time. You were you were kind of strange to me because you came in all jittery and you were just getting dessert. Right. It was a it was a triple chocolate meltdown and you got sweet mm-hmm. sweet tea and it, 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 it stuck to me to this day. And one thing that I, I do with people is, you know, learning this from Dale Carnegie, but a person's name is the sweetest sound to their ear. Right. So in the food industry, I would always make myself, you know, remember people's names, remember what they ordered. And food to me is like energy. So if I can go remember, remember your food and what you like to eat and what you like to enjoy, then that's going to go ahead and, and create a an astounding effect on a person to where when they come back into the restaurant, they're going to go ahead and pick me to be their server. And, you know, those are some of the little tidbits that, that I, I remember when, when you came in at that time and just the, the back and forth conversation. And I believe if I wasn't wrong, there was a number left on the receipt as well. 
but the uh, the bus boy <laughs> at the time, the bus boy at the time had threw out the receipt, so I didn't get, I didn't get my tip, which I was like, oh, and then I didn't get the number, so I was, I was definitely like, oh no, and so that was that's my recollection of everything, and then when you came in again, I was like, wait, did they request me or was this fade all over again? And that's kind of usually how it works out, and you know, it, it was it's been it's been incredible thus far. I mean, it's just been, it's been years since then and it, it's going to go ahead and continue to get better. <laughs> that is so funny. I did not recall the number thing, but that most hundred percent likely happened just because that is very much like me. If you remember me back when we met, I was a senior in high school. So I was pretty much a degenerate to be honest. And I, I think <laughs> I, I kind of love, I actually do genuinely take pride in that in those years because Obviously, it's just so fun to look back at how much I've grown, how much you've grown, and how much, you know, considering I'm 3,000 miles away, we still keep in touch so actively. And I think that's amazing about our relationship. And I think anyone that would have seen it from the outside looking in would have been like, okay, they, Emily met this guy at Applebee's because he was her server. And she was a, just a troll and just loved saying Mike you. And that was kind of how our <laughs> friendship began. But um, something I'll always remember too is when you uh, gave me my graduation card and it said dream big. And funny enough, I'm pretty sure I've told you this before, but that was my senior quote or whatever in the yearbook. So, um, and then that's actually on my bedroom wall right now as well. So that's always kind of been a phrase that I've had within my life. And I don't think you knew that when you gave me the card or maybe you did, but I just thought that was super unique and that that's something I'll always remember. And also more importantly, I didn't even think you would give me a graduation card. So that always caught me by surprise too. Yeah. You know, I, I, I remember the card, it was blue. I remember, I remember like it was yesterday. And I was just going through Hallmark, you know, just, just trying to find something quickly before I clocked in for my shift, you know, and the card, it kind of just like spoke out to my inner being. And I, I was just looking, there was a whole, a whole brigade of cards in front of me. And that one just kind of like called me. And ironically enough, you know, it was your senior quote as well. And I, I'm glad it made an everlasting impact on you because I think that's where it really starts for all of us, you know, as entrepreneurs, as business professionals, you know, whether it's real estate sales, you know, financial planning. But it really starts with dreaming big, you know, only when we can go ahead and dream big can we go ahead and start to imagine, you know, what, what life and what the universe and, and really what the oncoming attractions are going to be for us. It all starts with first dreaming of them. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that's something we've always had in common. So um, I kind of want to pivot a little bit and get into other things that I've learned a lot from you, starting with your morning routine. Um, I would love for you to share kind of what your current morning routine is, or if you have one, or how you've implemented one over the years, um, how that's, you know, made your life better, everything like that. I know we've talked about it before in our own time, and we'd love for you to share that as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, a lot of the principles I follow for my morning routine, they're, they're based out of Ed Milet, as well as like how Erod from the, the, the Miracle Morning. So for me, typically, you know, my morning routine changes, you know, whether I'm, if I'm at home or if I'm traveling, because I do travel a lot, just like yourself. But typically what I like to do in the morning is the first thing I do as soon as I wake up, and this is uh, an approach that I learned from David Meltzer, my time working with him, is I say thank you, right? Before I check my phone, even before I open my eyes, before I do anything, the second I'm up, I say thank you out loud. I, 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 I yell it out loud. And it sets the, me to have a tone of gratitude. Um, immediately after that, then, I'll immediately throw myself out of bed and I'll go and I'll get a, a bottle of water and I'll drink it. 
to shock my autonomic nervous system and waking me up, getting me pumped up, ready to go for the day. Now, unlike most people, I prefer to work out in the morning. I know some people typically like to work out in the afternoon at nighttime or, you know, just depending on when they, when they have time in their schedule. So for me, I love being able to work out in the morning. So I'll go ahead. I'll, I'll say thank you. I'll drink my bottle of water. I work out on a fasted, on a fasted diet. So I'll work out on an empty stomach. I won't eat anything in the morning. I'll eat after I work out and I'll, I'll immediately go to the gym within probably 30 minutes of working out. I live pretty close to it. So in LA fitness in my area here. And from there, then once I get back home, I'm starting up the office. I'm getting my sales guys ready. I'm pumped up because I just got, I just literally got done working out and I, I feel like working out gives me an advantage over everybody else around me. Cause I feel like I've already won the day. I feel like I've already mm-hmm. beat everybody. Not only that, when I work out, I only wear two things. So I only wear track suits and I only wear gentleman suits. So every morning when I work out, I'm in a track suit, I'm pumped up, you know, my, my nickname's Adidas. And so when I see my sales guys, they're, 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 they're already hit. They're programmed by my, by my energetic energy and, and just the, the candor and the attitude that I have to seize the day. And those, those are just some of the basic things that I do. I prefer, I know some people also prefer to, you know, journal in the morning or throughout the day. I prefer actually to do that as my nighttime ritual right before I go to bed. So that's just a little bit about how I like to conduct my day, you know, in the beginning and also in the end of it. And I love hearing that because I've, like I said, I've implemented a lot of those similar things as well. I do want to ask, um, I guess more so selfishly, how, how would you say, some, or when you were back in your normal um, office job, how did you implement working out before getting into the office? Let's say if you had to be there by 8 a.m., um, would you say you you were con- still consistent with working out in the morning or would you say you had to balance it with an evening r- uh, workout? Right, right. So that's a great question. And I actually fell trapped to what a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, business professionals uh, fall trapped to. So, you know, I, I slaved myself, you know, I got paid a high six-figure salary doing sales at the corporate job. And, you know, my health was deteriorating. I wasn't happy, um, but I, I clouded it over just the idea of just making lots of money. Right. But I, I, I was consistent, though. I was paying a thousand dollars a month for a personal trainer and I trained every single day. Um, I got I, when I left the office, I, I would be at the gym 30 minutes after leaving the office, after working 11 hour days, um, followed by like three, four hours of work after that. But I did work out consistently. It was just in the evening. I wasn't able to do it in the morning. Right. But in the morning at that time, then I switched my schedule since I was excuse me, I switched my routine. Since I wasn't able to work out in the morning, I would do affirmations with my salespeople every morning. So that gave me the energetic catharsis um, that I needed to be able to amplify and to be able to run today with lots of energy. And then we also, I wore a suit every single day as well. So that, that does a lot for me as far as my confidence and as far mm-hmm. as the ability I take on whenever I'm doing a sales call. And, I, and I'm glad that you're honest about, I mean, and I, like I said, I asked that selfishly just because I'm like you, as you know, where I do love to start my day with a workout. Um, you know, even in high school, back in the day, I used to start my day with skating on ice at body zone at 5am or 6am. And um, so I've always been very accustomed to that. And even for me, I just personally prefer to just get that out of the way because you know how much harder it is to, you know, to work out right. after a long day of work and stress and ups and downs and highs and lows. So um, I agree. It's, it's always nice to start off the day with a win, but I catch myself obviously right now being, being in an eight to five myself. I, you know, I'm like, uh, I want to work out in the morning. It's just, it, it does 
you know, it just doesn't fit my schedule as well. And so that's why I wanted mm -hmm. to ask you how, how you did that and how you managed it. But I do agree the consistency thing I say would be the most important part of that. Would you say so? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one thing I would do after I was done journaling in the nighttime uh, and something I still do regularly, it's actually a quote by Brian Tracy through the Lux Factor. And, you know, what it geared me to allowed me to be able to continuously work out no matter what type of schedule I was on, whether it be in the morning or the evening. Although I can tell you my day and just my over my overall experience of reality is completely just just it's 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 intense and it's increased when I work out in the morning. But one thing that I do that Brian Tracy talks about in his book called The Luck Factor, where we establish our own luck is every night before I go to bed, I would tell myself a hundred times, I would count it down and I would tell myself every single night, successful people do what they have to do, whether they feel like it or not. Successful people do what they have to do, whether they feel like it or not. And I would repeat mm. this again and again and again. These are the last thoughts, the last conscious sayings that I even mm. said to myself every night before I go to bed. So whenever I had the inclination of not wanting to work out after a long day of work, those th that voice would come back in my head saying, well, hey, successful people do what they have to do, whether they feel like it or not. And that would override any ill will feelings I would have and then motivate me to get back into the gym. I fucking love that quote. <laughs> I think I'm going to write that down <laughs> somewhere on my phone too. I love that one. That's, that's a really good one. And honestly, that's probably why you've been so consistent, obviously. And kind of, it's funny enough, my next question is in revolving around consistency. And it is about how do you always stay consistent or, or do things consistently? For example, your workouts. I know we've talked about this before in our own time, the minimum um, you know, requirement. You want to touch right. on that a bit? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. So consistency is like my middle name. That's the first thing I teach anybody. And it's, it's, the, it's the surest sign to actually see if you're going to be able to manifest whatever direction you're seeking to pursue. So, you know, what I'm going to, the answer I'm going to give you and the response I'm going to give you in this question, this was learned by David Meltzer. Uh, I worked with Dave for, for quite some time as an executive coach with him and doing some consultant work. And, you know, with my coaching with Dave, you know, consistency is created by setting a minimum variables of time associated with doing something every day right so most people they 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 beat themselves up they 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 lose their 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 tracks and their attitude to win because they set the bar too high so what we focus on in creating a consistency in anything that you do is just by doing something for a minimum amount of time the secret is by doing it every single day because then you'll create exponential factor which i'll talk about next so instead of work instead of going to the gym for three hours you know, go just for 20 minutes, but do it every day. And now you'll create the exponential factor to where you'll, you'll create a habit. And now your life will be like a habit machine. And having the habit machine is the greatest habit you can have because all you have to ask yourself is, what else, what's the next thing I want to create a habit? In? What's the next thing I want to be consistent in? And because you've developed your keystone habit, now you can pretty much just pick whatever direction or thing that you want to do next. And like an on or off switch, you're going to go ahead and be consistent in it. Yeah. And I, and I couldn't agree with you more. And honestly, I, I attribute a lot of my consistency in my fitness routine today to, to what you taught me in that minimum thing. And I think this is probably maybe back like late junior year. So definitely, um, probably two years ago now when you told me something, or maybe this was about a year ago, but you told me about how that you have to start with a minimum workout so for example there's so many people that aren't working out right now and they'll be like i want to work out five days a week and going from zero to five is 
you know, realistically, not just not practical. Right. Right. And so I remember when you told me that I, that's, that's honestly what I did and what I've been doing to this day is that I started with three because I was realistic and just mm-hmm. meeting three was realistic yet meeting three consistently would allow me to really get towards that goal of going four to five times. Because if I couldn't hit three, then no way in hell was I going to meet four or five. And that's the ultimate goal. So I did it for, I don't know, maybe a month or six weeks, three times a week, every single specific day, changed it to four, had four for about a year just because of my schedule. And now it's been five. So I, I, that's why I wanted to bring that question up was because you are the one specifically that really taught me about making things consistent because I remember questioning myself, why am I not able to hit the gym as much as I want to, or go to classes or whatever it is. And it was honestly about just being too, um, almost freelancing about it. It's like, Oh, I'll go on this day and this day. Whereas doing something like a workout is all about consistency. Like you've said. Yeah, I think, I think you're right on the money there. And, you know, by doing something regularly, consistently, you'll create the exponential factor. So, like, we know the, you know, the, the, the exponent of one times one equals one, right? Now we, look, we move into multiplication and you'll, you'll create a mathematical and statistical analysis to be more successful than anybody else when you follow the exponential factor. Because now, if you're consistent two days in a row, now two times one equals 2%, three times one is 3%. And so on and so forth. So whenever I'm looking to create a new relationship, create a new business project, venture, et cetera, I say, hey, let's go ahead and do the exponential factor, right? And I've been able to create, you know, the greatest workings of my life and the greatest relationships in, a, in the shortest amount of time possible through consistency by following the exponential factor. And as well, the one thing that I want to tell you, which I think you're completely right about, is starting with three days, then four, then five, even if you start with one day, because all you want to do is to reprogram your subconscious mind. That way, what you're doing now becomes the normalization of your reality. Mm-hmm. So exactly. by doing so, your mind's not going to know the difference between a small win or a big win. It's just going to understand winning. And yep. when you can go ahead and, 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 and win and win and win and win and turn to, those small wins will start to compound and add up. And before you know it, now your life is just the reflection of a winner because that's yeah. all who you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. That's why I always love talking to you, Mike, because your energy, and that's something that, you know, it's funny that, there are so many things that we talk about over the past couple of years, every, you know, once a month, as you know, we've maintained a consistent, um, I guess, habit of talking to each other or touching base once a month. That's something else too. And, um, you know, I, I think your energy is something that I'm still trying to work on in, in, in doing better for myself is kind of bringing that energy out because I think you do it so automatically and in just kind of in the discussion of being consistent, it sounds like that's probably something you've worked on consistently and kind of just always showing up every day with that affirmation or with that, you know, winning energy. Because I remember when I told you too, when I first started my sales job, I told you or asked you, you know, what, what if there are certain people I don't like, or how do you, you know, manage people that you're not like the biggest fan of? And I remember you told me, and I have this written in my phone notes where you said something Mm -hmm. along the lines of, um, that for you, you always control the energy of other people or that you're always controlling. I, I forget what it was, but it was just the, just a matter of that. You bring the energy into the room. So you get to control that. Was it, do you kind of remember that statement? Yeah, yeah, I'm following you. So, you know, what comes to me now, as you say that, as I go back and relive those words, is um, I, I understood that people respond through leadership, right? People will respond to my leadership through my energy. 
And it's all about positive delivery. So it's not what you're saying, it's gonna be how you're saying it, right? Because we can, we can make something seem like something it's not by our delivery of it. So, you know, one belief and one, one faculty that I operate under, especially working in sales jobs and corporate jobs, as you know, we have managers, we might have bosses, we might be a manager, we might be just a, a low level employee. But you know, what I go into every single day is that I'm going to go ahead and bring something in here into this room, into this environment, into this workplace that nobody else around me is bringing. And I know if I can go ahead and operate from that paradigm and make myself two things accessible, number one, and number two, productive, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and be able to upload my level of belief, my level of energy to where the other people around me are now going to go ahead and start to come to my frequency start to match the place that i'm coming from mm -hmm. and naturally these people around me are going to be doing their job they're going to be they're going to be doing whatever role is required of them but by me coming in this place and coming from this place of service and gratitude i'm actually going to go ahead and create influence and i'm going to go ahead and create a a sphere of leadership and yet although they're orchestrating and doing their tasks they might think in their minds that they're only doing what's required of them and they're having control over what, what they're doing only and solely. But I know deep, deep down and understanding energy and, and understanding manifestation and understanding how sales works. I'm actually orchestrating a lot of this through my own energy because mm -hmm. they're going to be responding to my leadership. Right. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, that's something that I am mindfully working on because I would be, you know, honest and say that, I, that's not something that I'm a big fan of working on right now because I think, um, as you probably know, I have um, my my energy is typically only given to people who I find that I could resonate with more or whether it's more aligned with, and kind of when it's around people that aren't naturally on my frequency, I guess we could say, um, I kind of. I don't want to say I shut off, but I kind of just mind my own business then. I kind of become a lot more introverted. So that's something I commend you for is that you, you always have consistent energy. And I also observe not only the way I react to it and the way I feel with your energy, but the way I'm sure other people has felt with your energy. And even just when you've met my friends, like I can just see that your energy is contagious and that's such a great skill to have especially for someone like me who i could candidly say i have you know the classic resting bitch face um slightly <laughs> un slightly unapproachable vibe i you know like i said like i i it really depends on the person that comes up to me and that's something i want to make more consistent is that doesn't matter who it is whether they're extremely aligned with me or extremely aligned with my frequency or not i still maintain this energetic um you know vibe and 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 energy that makes people want to come to me either way so i like i said i commend you for that and i think that's a skill set a lot of people should work on yeah no i'm, I'm totally with you and you know the only thing that, that's actually constant in your reality is you right so i know you're the first mover for anything so you know i've done game theory i've done a lot of game work and you know one thing that i always love doing is you know going to a mall and doing social experiments so, you know, I've done that a lot of my youth and I, I, I was able to do, do that for years working as a server and doing, you know, doing sales work. So I know I can go ahead and find someone that's having whatever day that they think they're having, but I can go ahead and, and help raise their vibration, right? Through their mm -hmm. thoughts, through their actions, through their feelings. And I know by doing so, I'm, I'm, charged, I'm taking their antenna and I'm going to be charging it as a generator. And by doing so, I can go ahead and now give them an increased frequency for, for a duration of time, of course, it's not going to be permanent, but allowing them to upload to the transference of my energy, right? That's all sales is, is the transference of energy. 
I can then go ahead and now create a new type of paradigm or new type of effect on them that can really create a wonder or create a change for them to break out of their own stagnation and cycles. Yeah. And, and I think that is such, like I said, a vital skill set to have because not, not a, not, not only do not many people have that, but it is kind of incredible. It's just truly incredible that, you know, just an energy and a frequency can really change someone else's mindset or someone else's belief about how their day is going or how their life is going even. Yeah. And I, I would also say as well, don't force it. Like I never force energy, right? Mm-hmm. Because energy can't be created or destroyed, right? It, it, it's just here, right? It's like matter. So, you know, it, you, I am also careful of energy vampires, right? I'm very careful of them because people will come and they'll suck your energy, but it, it's in a way to where, you know, I, I believe like, let's say, for example, you haven't slept in two days and, you know, you're, you're, you're saying you're completely tired, but I know I can go ahead, I can come into a room, I can clap my hands, I can, I can give you an inspirational speech and I can say, hey, let's go ahead and gym right now we're going to go ahead have a workout do whatever it is do an affirmation and yet you're going to feel more alive and vibrant than you probably had felt probably all month or all year long but i think it's very crucial as well to understand you know who in your life is a multiplier and who's a diminisher right because some people are energy vampires so they're going to go ahead and drain you now leaving you feel left out leave you feel thoughtless and, and not allowing you to really connect the source energy to where you're not going to have the most creative or the, the most inspirational thoughts or muses that you normally would have so i think it's very i think something as well to, to notice to be mindful of, of who you share yourself with mm-hmm. because you want to think about yourself as a pride as a jewel as a as an orb as someone special yeah and so not everybody's going to be able to deserve you right so that's that's another that's another uh, caveat that i think is very important to, to hone in on not just energetically but just in all aspects of life yeah and I definitely want to get into that a little bit later in this episode but um kind of going back a little bit on the sales aspect since I know we touched on it a bit um kind of share why you decided to go into sales I know I kind of personally know but share with the audience why you went into sales how that relates to entrepreneurship how you see um the correlation of sales and reality of real life anyway so um kind of share your thoughts on sales and, and everything it's taught you yeah totally so i personally love sales you know um you know I've, I've been back and forth with employment for myself you know doing consulting work for others helping people out in their own businesses but for me you know i got into sales unbeknownst it wasn't something that i had planned out i was actually recruited right and, and good sales people are also great recruiters so at the time I was running my own catering business mm-hmm. and, you know, these, these, these guys came up to me saying, Hey, how much money do you make? How many hours do you work? You're a pretty sharp guy. You're pretty young to be doing this on your own. Um, would you like to make six figures? And it, 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 I'm like, yeah, of course I would. You know, and it, it, it sounded great to me at the time. That was, that was their sales pitch. And, you know, I told them, I'd give them, I'd, I'd follow up with them. They didn't close me right away. I'm a difficult person to close. <laughs> and, Which I uh, love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if anybody can close me, they're a great salesman. I, and I always give them, I always give them props, you know, because I'm very, very difficult. Because, like, when I want something, I'm a complete lay down. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, you don't have to sell me. Here's my money. Give me what I want. You know, I'm a buyer <laughs> in power. But there's times when people are, are trying to overdo it. I'm like, hey, buddy, like, stop. Like, you're trying to, you're trying to sell the wolf right now. This is not going to happen, right? So. Mm-hmm. Moving forward, though, you know, I believe everybody's a salesman. Um, we've been, we've been, we've been salesmen since we were babies. You know, getting what we want, and sales is just the art of ethical persuasion and knowing, you know, human psychology, fire psychology, and being able to to see your energy and you know a reality to your to your uh, to your liking. But it's uh, something that I think most people should take into consideration 
because with sales, there comes spiritual karma, right? Depending on what you sell. If you're, if you're a true salesperson, you should only ever sell something you believe in or something that you love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if not the, by the, by the production of your fruit, you'll go ahead and start to experience karma that might not align with you, um, in, in, in uh, internally, if you use your power for evil, which is something that I've, I've experienced myself. Right. Um, so like Jordan Belfort says in his book, you know, the way of the wolf, what great power comes great responsibility as he quotes Spider-Man. What I can tell for all people in sales and all people who are just in entrepreneurship and in any aspect of life is be careful what you use your powers for because there is a level of karma that will be associated with the doing that you do, right? Whatever you reap is one day what you'll sow. So that's the law of cause and effect and something that I operate by, you know, through the universe. But for me, you know, I got into sales, like I said, I was recruited. Um, and I, I didn't really want to do it at first. It wasn't something that I, that I, I thought I would necessarily do. I was, I was, I was breaking the nine to five. I was breaking the rat race. I already created my own self-employed business and I was getting employees to leverage their time and to now help me run the business. And I'll, but after the business didn't work out, um, for not for, not for startup reasons, it's just, I was running into some legalization with the government and the local politics in my city. Um, I called the guys up and they, they put me on to this, this job doing insurance sales. So I got my license and from there, um, you know, I became a top producing agent in the company. And in my, in my, in my first year, you know, doing sales, I made a hundred thousand dollars in seven months, you know, and um, it was, it was pretty cool. It was incredible, you know, and then you start to get into the, the understanding of money and the paradigms of breaking your limiting beliefs. And, and that's what it was, sales is. Sales is, breaking the limiting beliefs and, and, and creating the transfers of energy to other people and being able to encase or show them, you know, a product, a, a service or a, a form of entertainment. So that's just a little bit about it. And um, you can go ahead and feel free to ask more away and I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll steer the ship. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because I remember it like it was yesterday when you were telling me that, um, you know, that you were going into the sales thing. And I think um, this is probably probably late 2017. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, so it's crazy how long ago that was. But um, I remember you just telling me like, you know, you got pitched to do this and you're considering going into sales. And I think I was just finished like in the middle of my junior year. So I was like, oh, okay, right. cool. And I remember what caught me though was when you told me, um, didn't they put you on the spot to kind of pitch yourself? Um, during maybe maybe not during the interview process, maybe during the first day. I'm not really sure. Right, right. Can and you kind of go what... into that? Because that was a good learning lesson for me. Honestly, actually, that what what that taught me there. Actually, well, I'll have you share the story first, and then I'll share what I remember to this day about it. Yeah, totally. So that gives me that gives me chills and goosebumps and lots of excitement <laughs> and enthusiasm. Just um, re re experiencing that moment, which is what I appreciate about you, because. There's sometimes, sometimes some of this is just so normal to me. I don't really think about it again. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I always, I always enjoy that. You're always able to showcase and, and, and help me relive some of those crazy <laughs> memories and experiences that might seem like dreams to people. But what happened was, you know, I joined that company, um, that insurance company, and it was run by a multi-million dollar Irish guy. And uh, it was a really great company. They, they taught me a lot of stuff and I won't say their name just for, for other reasons, but um, on my first day, my first, 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 first day on the job, um, you know, I'm in this, I'm in this room and there's this old guy there and he's supposed to be the, 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 the trainer and he's going to train us how to do these sales and stuff. And within 15 minutes of coming in the room, I shut him up, I sit him down and I'm now training the class with the people with me. And they're just like, they're just, they're just, they're just, they're, they're literally in the back now 
smoking cigarettes and, and just and just observing me. And so they're like, oh, this is good, yada, yada, yada. My first day, my first day on the job, um, it, that, was, that was that I started training my class. My second day then, I didn't even finish the training. I just went, I went, I went on the phone right away. I made the company like 4,000 bucks on my first day. And then after, after the operations was over with for the day, the CEO grabbed everybody in a room. He put them all in a room. And uh, he said, he said, hey, 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 he said, hey, guys, um, we actually have a new closer here. He's going to be a level four closer, yada, yada, yada. And he, he gave me a, a small introduction. And um, he, he made me introduce myself from there. Then he said, who wants to pitch me? And everyone in the room got quiet. Um, this company is, was, ran, ran off a lot of fear programming. So all the mm. people were, were afraid of him. So <laughs> I said, I will. And on my first day, I pitched him. I pitched him live in front of 200 people. And it was, the, it was a perfect pitch. There was no stuttering. There was no iterations. I mean, that was the one moment in my life I did a sales presentation. And I can tell you it was 100% complete, flawless, without any error. It was mm -hmm. literally perfect. And from there then, after I finished the pitch, the whole entire room simultaneously started clapping for me. And I, I felt literally like I entered a new world. I felt like I, I graduated. I felt like, like <laughs> it felt so ceremonious. And from there, you know, um, I, I was there on a, on a six-figure salary. I was the only employee in the company's history to be brought on a six-figure salary. And, you know, before you know it, a couple months ago, I was a struggling entrepreneur trying to run my own food truck crate business. And now I'm a, I'm a six-figure earner, six-figure closer. And I, I, I went in from that position as a closer and to become a trainer and to, to, to really create the sales program for the company. They even use the script that I created still, the rendition that I created, they still use it to all their new uh, trainees and prospects that come into the company. So it makes me feel good knowing that I still mm -hmm. live on, even though I'm not there anymore. Yeah. And this is what I remember now. It was the salary piece because you mentioned you, for your class or for those who were also joining the company around the same time as you were, you were yeah. the only one that came in with a six-figure salary or got accepted to have a six-figure salary right off the bat, right? Exactly. So you got to dream big, right? You got to ask for it. So, you know, so I yes, remember I was yes talking, please share this was, because okay. this is, this is my big tech takeaway. Yeah. But I want you to share this. Yeah. I was talking to the other salesmen in the, in the training group on the first day, you know, that first 24 hours there. And, you know, I said, Hey guys, you know, this is, this is a place where you can make six figures. This is a place where it can happen for you. This is the place where you can, you can finally get that big money you've been hoping for. I know. And they're like, they're like saying, Oh, I don't know. You had to probably work there for a couple of years or no way. Are you kidding me? Are you serious? And and, you know, to, 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 to just to be transparent, when I was hired at the company, I was hired on an 80 grand um, salary. And so my next day going into it, that next day after that, I did that, that, that pitch me session, uh, my salary got bumped up to 100,000. And it was literally like I spoke it into existence the day prior. And, you know, even in my time there, I was averaging, you know, anywhere from 22 up to $27,000 a month. And I, was, I wasn't even there for less. I wasn't even there. Uh, for more than a year at that time. So I can tell you now from anywhere you choose to work, any place that you want to be, as long as you can go ahead and, and, and bring the value and know what you want and not take anything less than it, you can go ahead and really create any type of on-demand income you set for yourself or anything that you want for yourself. The only person that gets in the way is you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at my time there, I leveraged that because there was a time where I said, hey, if you're not going to give me what I want, then I'm going to leave. You know, and it's, 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 not, it's in, in business, sometimes you have to be this way because business can be very cutthroat. Yeah. Business can be very brutal business. Business sometimes is a, it's a game of the sharks. And so you have to know what you're here to offer. And even me leaving and, and going independent, 
you know, what people can make in a, in a year, I've been able to make in a month or two. So it, it, yeah. it all really comes down to you honing in on your talents, you knowing what you want and not selling for anything less because if you don't know your worth, we'll pay you pennies. <laughs> and just like that, that's, that's a huge, like that last statement right there was a big takeaway when you told me that. And I think, like I said, I was only a junior in college and I was still kind of like, yeah, you know, still got another year under my belt to go for college and whatnot. And I just remember that when you told me that, um, you guys kind of had like this calling back and forth game where at first they said, well, first you demanded a hundred and I think they said 50 at first, right? Yep. Yep. They said 50. Correct. Yes. And again, this is so funny that I remember this because this is two fucking years ago. <laughs> but I, like I said, that's how much it stayed with me because when you told me how I remember asking you like, you know, okay, what did you say back? And you said, no, I said a hundred. And I said, why do you say a hundred? Because you, because you, you said something to me along the lines of, you know, you knew that's how much you were worth. You knew that's how much you deserve to be paid and all of this. And it was basically, you knew your value. And so you, right basically knew your leverage of being able to walk away as well, which is huge. Something I've learned not only in business, my own business, but also sales, what I do right now, but also in relationships, which I will definitely touch on later on this episode. But, um, I, I, you know, I remember you just telling me like, you, they came, they they finally came back and you guys were back and forth. You still stuck with a hundred, but then finally said all settled on 80. So, um, that was something I just remembered that, you know, the, the gap from what they were originally offering to how it ended up being, I mean, is huge. That's 30 K alone. But, um, you know, obviously, as you mentioned within the first week, it got bumped up anyways. And, um, I think that just goes to, to, let, to, let, to let you know as well, not even to cut you off, but I'm so excited because to let you know as well, Emily, uh, I, we, I got it to a hundred anyway. And then not only that, what people don't know is I, I, I journaled consistently for 365 days. I was able to do journaling for one for every day for an entire year. And it was that same year that I said, I'm making $100,000 in the year of 2018 more quickly and easily than I ever had before. Mm -hmm. And by doing so, I then manifested a hundred thousand dollar salary. Unbeknownst to me that, that that's how it was going to happen. Mm -hmm. But little did I know all this journaling, to, to this whole conversation going back and forth to a sales pitch, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's one thing that I, I think, you know, we're, we should highlight is that all you need is one good pitch, right? All you need is one good conversation. All you need is one good shot at anything before you can open up a door that'll lead you to your life's greatest discovery. Yeah. And speaking about the journaling thing for anyone that kind of thinks the whole law of attraction or manifestation is kind of like, you know, bullshit. Um, I right. want to touch on it in that. And, and again, you can obviously add more to it, but the way I see it and the, what the, what I've learned over the years of conversing with you is that it's not about the, like, Oh, you write about it and then it happens. It's, it's actually right. just the fact that you write it down and you say it so much and you, you, you walk it, you walk it like you have it already. And it's just that conviction and the belief you have that you can actually achieve that. Right. Because that's the difference between me, you, and many other people that we've observed over time is that people will say that they want the 100K salary, but mm -hmm. deep down, they don't have the same conviction like you to actually demand for it. And right. I think that's, and, and I think it's partially that conviction and that confidence in being able to demand for that and knowing that you're actually worth being paid 100,000 is simply 
that repetition, just like you said earlier about every night you said um, successful people do what they have to, even if they don't feel like it. Right. It's the same concept of saying and writing down and walking around and talking like it and, you know, having your shoulder, you know, walking with confidence is just simply the same as like concept of, of believing that you are good enough to, to get that $100,000 salary by a certain period. So it's not just like a whole, oh, I write it down and it comes to me. It's just a matter of writing it down consistently, believing in it consistent, consistently, and then actually doing the steps to get there. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% with you. And I, I love what you said about the law of attraction. You know, I believe in the law of attraction. But one thing as well, to, to really make the law of attraction work in your life, there's one other law you have to have to add next to it. And it should be, these things should always be said together, but it's also the law of Goya, right? The law of get off your ass. And uh, <laughs> that's, that's the only way that, that attraction really works, right? Intention plus attention equals manifestation and attraction, right? So you have to get off your ass and you have to move into the direction that you believe in. And before you know it, the universe will go ahead and, and, and subconsciously conspire with you to be able to put you in certain situations, having mysteries, having omens, having having situations that are going to go ahead and bring you literally what you're asking for. But most people aren't moving into that direction. So that way, so now they, they get into a place of blocking their blessings to say, in other words, where they're now, they're now not able to channel the things that they're actually asking for. So now they'll focus on the absence of that thing. And so by focusing on the absence of that thing, as you already know, they're going to go ahead and just create more of the absence of that thing. Exactly. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and that's why I love just having discussions like this, because it, it all just comes down to a mind game, to be honest. Like it, it is really what you say to yourself, what you do to yourself and what you do on an everyday basis. It's, it's really not rocket science, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And not at all. I mean, the greatest determinant of your life is a story you're telling yourself. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more. Um, while we're still on the sales topic, can you share in, in case anyone else, I mean, honestly, it's not even about sales at this point, but just, um, like we've already discussed, sales is very similar and applicable to everyday life. Um, but I want you to hone in on your top tips for sales, because I, as you know, always come to you on my slightly lower days and my rough weeks of not really getting it. And I start to get in my own head and that's something mm -hmm. I'm practicing on every day, but I know you have great top tips. This is something I asked you before I interviewed, before I started, and during my um, exponential growth to being one of the top in my office. So I'd love to hear your your top tips on being good in sales. Sure. Okay. Well, so um, I'll think of three top tips on the spot. Uh, the, the first one that I'm going to go ahead and say, and it's something that we recently just talked about, is when you're going for the deal, when you're, when, you're, when you're closing somebody, don't get in the way of the deal, right? There's so many salespeople that can, you know, be, be just a little over extravagant. They can get in their own way. They can want it. And by wanting it, they now create the, the rigidity with now not coming from this place that, oh, I already have the deal. No, no, no. Now I, I, I want the deal. So coming from the place of I wanting the deal, will now create the, the threshold to where you're coming from a place of lack. You're coming from a place of scarcity. Mm -hmm. And you're coming from a place of desperation. So number one, do not be desperate for the deal because you'll get in the way and now you won't actually attract the deal. The way to attract the deal is by not wanting the deal. The way it's, it's as if you're, you're okay to actually walk away from the deal itself and to realize that, you know, in this abundance, there's actually 
thousands and thousands of deals actually out there for you. You just have to actually go ahead and create the space for them to come to you. And most importantly, for you and most, most importantly, through you. Because that's where deals come from. Deals come through us energetically. So when we're talking to a prospect, when we're talking to a client, allow them to come through you, allow you to be able to connect with them emotionally, right? Number two, um, people buy on emotion for logical reasons, right? So whenever you're doing a deal, remember that there's emotional certainty and there's logical certainty. So people don't buy a car because of how the Porsche looks. They buy the, they buy the Porsche uh, because of how it makes them feel, right? They buy the Porsche because of how it makes them feel, how they're, how they're going to look on Instagram when they're sharing it with everybody else and, and what people are going to say and think about them. It's all those emotions. That's why we really do what we do. That's why we buy a, a Gucci belt, right? That's why we buy a Prada bag, right? It's because of the emotion associated with it. And then logically, we'll go ahead and justify in our mind, well, it was only $2,000 or, uh, oh yeah, I got a really good interest rate. I got it for uh, 3.75%, right? But people buy on emotion for logical reasons. So understand buyer psychology, um, learn how to be able to, you know, create good feelings, good emotions, because that's all sales is. Sales is the transference of energy. So it's, it's just really giving people good feelings and good emotions. Um, and then number three, going into it, uh, I would say find a mentor, um, work with me, work with you, Emily. Uh, find, find someone that's already in the place or the space doing that of what you seek to do, right? I, I, I know I learned sales from a, from a, a couple of different mentors, all of the guys, you know, making upwards of 300, 400, 500 grand a year. And I was their prodigy. I was, I was their, I was their test of me. And they never actually had a, had a person that would come up to them asking them to learn. They just, they were guys that just hung out by themselves and they never had someone that actually went up to them actually wanting to learn the information and the material. So all you have to do is ask because nine times out of 10 people in places of success actually want to go ahead and share it. Right. But when you ask, make sure you're establishing value, make sure you're not coming just to take, make sure you're coming to also give. And sometimes by giving, that of what you're seeking to attract, you'll go ahead and now attract that thing of what you seek to have. So I would say, n- number one, don't get in the way of the deal. Number two, people buy on emotion for logical reasons. And number three, find a mentor, ask for help, and realize that with everybody you surround yourself with and, and, and learn from and do role plays with, you'll go ahead and really create your sales ability to now have, be your life ability and where you're a better salesman means also you're a better human. And you'll, you'll go ahead and create the life of your dreams because life is just a matter of who's going to be sold. Either you're going to get what you want or someone else is going to get what they want, but you can't have both. Mm. I like that. Honestly. And your top tips are really applicable. Like you said, in, in all areas of life. I mean, of course, in the world of sales and in business and, and in everything, but, um, just, I, I do think of it as a way of, you know, just the psychology of us as humans, right? Um, <laughs> like you said, we've been, we've been salespeople since the day we were born, since we were crying. Right. Or, <laughs> um, right. and, and, and something I always run into, or at least something I catch myself, um, or I try to catch myself before it happens is getting in the way, um, of a deal because I start to get urgent or I start to feel, you know, um, maybe anxious to get it in, you know, by a certain time period. And I don't know if it's necessarily always because of me. It could be just because of the culture or the environment that I'm in where it's demanding to be in by a certain time. I'm sure you're familiar with that, but, um, you know, yeah, that, that's why I always try to take a step back and, and, you know, speak to people outside of my work environment, people like you, um, and, and always get advice and make sure, 
I hear an unbiased opinion before I proceed and before I screw myself over. <laughs> right. Of course. Of course. Yeah. So kind of moving into a different topic, I want to talk about your experience with traveling the world. You mentioned that earlier in the beginning. Um, and you obviously have traveled the world quite a bit. So I want to, sh- I want to just ask you, what have you learned from just backpacking, traveling on your own? Um, maybe share a little bit of where you've been, how long you were there for. I know you went back in mid 2017 for like three months. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. The, the total, the total breakdown. So uh, back in mid 2017, I went on a 75 day voyage, which, you know, led me to traveling to 10 different countries, over 25 cities, you know, all across Western Europe. And that was like, that was like my dream at the time. That was something where, you know, when I dropped out of college and um, uh, at that time I dropped out of college and, you know, that trip led me on some of the greatest, you know, just mysteries and teachings and just awareness of my own inner being, right? Because, you know, I found myself, you know, the first thing I learned I can tell you right now is if you wait for people, you'll be waiting for the rest of your life, right? Most people say, you know, oh, I want to go away from me, bro, or I want to do this too. Can, uh, you know, and, and, and we like to do things with people because it gives us validation and sometimes it makes us more comfortable in actually doing it, right? But I, I, I believe in being the first mover. So I love solo mm-hmm. travel. I love being able to do things on my own. I love being the employee that worked at the company that, that made the first, you know, starting six-figure salary who actually was the only employee who went off and actually went and opened their own sales company thus afterwards, right? I love being the first mover. So yeah. I posted this today. I'll tell you, I'll tell it live now for the audience as well. But my philosophy is pretty simple. If you can do it, I can do it, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if it's never been done, then I'll be the first person to do it. It's that simple. So in my, in my times going away to all the countries, you know, it was, I went to England, to Poland, to Germany, Austria, France, Italy, Germany, Spain, um, the Netherlands and Belgium. So it was, a, it was a great trip. And, you know, I was able to connect with people that I still keep in touch with to this day. Um, some, some of my most favorite places were like Paris and Barcelona. And also um, Rome was great as well. I really, really enjoyed Poland. Um, England was amazing, you know, seeing the Buckingham Palace. And going on this trip, just, it, just from the food to the music to being lost in translation. It's so beautiful, you know, to be lost in translation, to be in a place where you don't know anybody. You're 4,000 or 5,000 miles away from home. You know, you're traveling on, uh, on, on, on less than a thousand bucks for, for three months. And yet you can still be at ease, yet you can still find a place of being present and, and awareness and, and just being grateful to, to be here, to be alive, to be in this ebb and flow of life. And, you know, from, from going on those travels, it was really incredible. I've already taken two vacations this year. I just, I took a, a month long vacation actually to Dominican Republic for the month of February, which that was pretty pretty awesome and, and really, really fun. And, you know, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to uh, traveling more across the world. You know, um, I'm going to be relocating here pretty soon out, out of Pennsylvania. Finally, I know we've been talking about it now for a while. So once my, once my lease ends here, I'll be, I'll be leaving the Pennsylvania area, not permanently, but just, just for location purposes, I'll be moving elsewhere. And, um, but, but, but traveling for me, you know, it, it, it really opens the mind. It expands everything. And it, you know, I, I can break it down. I can break pretty much down my life into a quote by a philosopher. I believe his name was um, uh, Juan Felipe Borges. And he, he, says, he says that, you know, I am not sure that I exist, actually. I am all the writers that I've read. I am all the places that I've visited. Mm-hmm. I am all the women that I've loved. And I am all the 
people that I've met. And, you know, for me, we're just some of our experiences. So travel happens to be a, a, a great experience to be able to open up your mind and to, to really put yourself outside of your comfort zone. And that's what being an entrepreneur is about. Being an entrepreneur is about learning how to be uncomfortable, excuse me, learning how to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And, and by doing so, you know, you cannot create growth unless you have uncomfortability. You cannot have muscle, mat muscle maturity, muscle development, unless there's a breaking down of the muscle. So now, you know, you, you can change your operation and the way that you live and operate your life by just, you're, you're so comfortable with being uncomfortable that, that it's just normal to you now. And by doing so, you know, you'll go ahead and, and have year after year, you know, relationship after relationship, um, whether it be personal, whether it be platonic, whether it be in business, um, and you'll, you'll have creation and project after project that will be better than the last. And the reason why is because you're in a place of uncomfortability to where the only thing that you're going to go ahead and produce is the result of growth. Yeah. <clears throat> and, um, you know, it's, it's, I just take so much from you on the travel experience and what you learned from it. Because as you remember, I came back from a much needed Europe trip or, or something, a trip that I, I said I would do for so long and just, you know, finally did it in 2019. So over the summer, mm -hmm. you know, went to Europe, went to the couple cities that I wanted to for so long. And um, I came back with, and it's so funny because I remember you were, I think I met you because I stopped in Pennsylvania for a little bit before heading back to Cali. And right. um, I remember sharing with you just some of the experiences I learned. And it was very, very eye opening. And I remember you nodding your head you know, very much like, yep, like this was, you know, supposed to happen. This is why you encouraged yeah. me to go. And I knew you were so happy that I went because I would learn just so much, like more than you could put into words. And, um, you know, I, I'm very much aligned with you in that. It's like traveling the world and, you know, see, and just like you said, a thousand dollars on for, for 75 days. I mean, it's like obviously not much. So people who say they don't have enough, well, <laughs> that's just an excuse, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you don't you don't need money to have fun, right? So let's break that limiting belief right now. Yeah. So anybody that's listening, if you think you need money to have fun, you're wrong. Right? I can tell you, um, you know, buying a two dollar baguette and a and a and a five dollar bottle of wine and 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 getting like a three dollar uh, block of cheese and just enjoying my time sitting in the in the grass by the Eiffel Tower was was <laughs> was more fun than than going out and and getting belligerent, etc. So you definitely yeah. don't need money to to, to have fun. And, um, you know, um, one thing as well that I'll, that I'll say from, from all the travels is that, you know, it's, it's, I'm going to sum it up here in a quote and it's a quote that I'll, I'll, I'll tell you now. And it's a quote that I, I told my sales staff when I brought them out to California with me back in November, you know, and I, I love, and I, I'm so proud of you for being able to take that trip because it just, it shows the level of your own personal development. But in other words, you know, in essence, the mind once stretched to a new dimension can never go back to its original form. So think mm. of traveling, think about these new experiences, think of them as ways of stretching yourself, of ways of, of, of expanding yourself, of ways of being able to take yourself to a new level to where the new you can never go back. Once you, once you make a certain amount of money, it's very difficult to go back to making a, a smaller amount of money, right? Depending yeah. on you and depending on how you like to live and, and your, your enjoyment, right? Once you learn how to make passive income instead of making active income, it's very hard to go back and start trading your time for an hourly amount because you can go ahead and start making money all around the clock without actually having to always be engaged in your work. So the mind once stretched to a new dimension can never go back to its original form. And every single trip and every single travel that one takes will leave them 
leading into a new place that they haven't been to before. Yeah. I I could not agree more with you in that quote. And you've been on fire with quotes today. <laughs> I think um, that one really hit the nail on the head, though, because like like you've learned, I I have learned so much from that Europe experience. And more importantly, just came back with not only more of a bigger perspective on just this world and how other people live life and how, um, you know, people and friends evolve over the years. Um, but just kind of seeing that truly we do have a very, very fortunate life over here um, in, in a really good way, just because the U.S. is just the, you know, leading country in, in, many, in technology and in everything we do with entrepreneurship. I know that was something to many of the people I met over there it was to their surprise that I was, you know, I owned a business and, you know, did so much outside of school and outside of working a nine to five because to them that's just kind of what they do and I just came back with more appreciation for everything that seems very mundane over here so I'm sure I'm sure you've learned that as well and I just think like you said um like you know once you experience all that you just don't go back to your old self and I know after that trip as well it made me um realize so many different things and had me making even bigger decisions at the time as you recall and so um it it really just changes you in a really really positive way definitely makes you feel uncomfortable but um in the long run you, you see the positive effect yeah definitely and 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 the thing is whatever trip you go on because we can only ever be aware of what's vibrating at our frequency, right? Or less than our frequency. So whatever trip you go on, it's going to go ahead and bring you that of which you're seeking or, 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 or I don't want to use the word need, but need for a lack of better word, wording. Uh, but it, the trip's going to go ahead and bring you that discovery that, that you need in your awareness for extension, right? For growth, for development. Mm-hmm. So even in my most time at the Dominican Republic, you know, it's been great to make six-figure salaries and, and to scale numbers and sales. but living in a, in, a, in a third world country, you know, and, and being around children in poverty of awareness that might have been, that I might have known or I might have forgot at the time, or it might have been latent to me and not actually in my own depth of understanding at the time. But being there and, and being, being surrounded by such, that brings you a, a discovery and a, a level of gratitude that might have not been present unless I actually went ahead and I embarked on that journey. And now coming back home, you know, coming back home, I'm, I'm now thinking, you know, even you go, you go to Applebee's and you get a, you get a, you get a mm-hmm. two, for 20, two, two for 22, you know, I'm like, wow, this is so expensive because I can go to the Dominican Republic and eat something better, probably a lot more healthier with, with less uh, GMOs in it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it'd be for a third of the price, right? So yeah. I think everything will bring you a new level of understanding and awareness, that of which you need to be able to go on to the next cycle of whatever evolution is needed for your growth and whatever direction you may flow into. Mm-hmm. I love that. I have two more questions here. And the first one is, where do you see yourself five years from now? <laughs> so in all areas of life, so financially, professionally, romantically, or any to whatever extent you'd like to share. Yeah, sure. Definitely. Um, you know, that's a, that's a difficult question for me to answer. It's even, it's even more difficult for me to answer it in a year from now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't, I don't operate on time. Uh, time for me is an illusion. It's not really real. So, you know, I, I believe we create resistance at often times when we use time to be able to create a, a, a deadline of sorts. So, for example, you know, my goal at one point was to make $100,000 in one year, which I've done, you know, I've done twice over now. And 
at that time, though, you know, that creates resistance, void shortages and obstacles because, you know, we're limiting ourselves to a certain amount based on a fixing or uh, a fraction of time when the universe doesn't the, the universe doesn't respond to any of that. The universe only knows truth. So, you know, what I focus on now is I'm going to go ahead and, and double the amount of money I'm making twice as fast, more efficiently, more effective and more statistically successful than I ever had before. Before you know it, you know, you might say, I want to make a hundred thousand in one year. The universe says, why not in one month? Right. Mm -hmm. So for, for, for time's sake and for that the linear understanding of time, it's very difficult for me to answer that. I don't operate off such, right? Most people create goals and deadlines and associations with what they're going to accomplish in a certain amount of time. But for me, I know that it's just a matter of asking and now preparing myself to receive that of what is already in my own grasp. But for, for lack of better terms and for lack of better understanding, um, where would I see myself in five years? I'm definitely going to have a, a, a location outside of the U.S. Um, maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll have a, an heir to my phone. Maybe I'll maybe I'll be married and maybe I'll have a I'll have a, a children. Maybe a boy and a girl, right? Mm -hmm. And um, uh, maybe I'll also go ahead and you know I'll create uh, a great 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 brand. Um, I'll be I'll be a a world-class business coach and executive, you know, I'll be on, I'll be on the board with people like Gary Vaynerchuk, Tony Robbins, Brian Tracy. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, um, what I would really like to actually have in the next five years is actually a, uh, a private jet. That'd be really cool. Um, being able to fly all around the world with people of my friends to family, to other business professionals and, and, and associates. That's what I would really like. So for lack of a better term, I just see myself, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, every way, you know, it's all about oneness at the end of the day. I just see myself just as a continuation of, of, of becoming a better version of myself in all those ways. And um, I, I, most importantly, over the next five years, I'm, I'm really looking forward to being able to serve as many people as I possibly can. I love that. And on, and I honestly do see you in, in that you know, being able to achieve those as well. We've talked about it for so many years. We've been friends for the past five years. We've both grown so much. So I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, seeing where we're all at five years from now and re-listening to this episode and kind of seeing what we all said. So I'm stoked. But one last question, and it is, what fulfills you in life? Mm, that's a good one. <laughs> what fulfills me in life? That's a really good question. Mm -hmm. um, for me, you know, it would be giving love to others, um, being able to provide opportunities and wisdom and just, just really being there for people. Um, I, I get really emotional answering this because, you know, just thinking about my life and, you know, a lot of the things that I've I've, I've overcome and all of us have overcome many things but you know mm. one thing for me is um I just I just I just love loving people and it might sound cliche but I, I feel like the the root of you know people being addicted to things people you know having abandonment people not really living the life of their dreams people giving up on their dreams um people not really doing what they want to do I think it all comes down to love you know self-love because you know we accept the love we think we deserve but but also you know a lot of us are, are, are cast into cycles um, that that's not our fault, right? These, these are cycles that have been cast onto us from our parents and that we've just now continued in our, in our own doings because we haven't developed the consciousness, understanding of being able to break out of the cycle, 
right? And the breaking out of the cycle is just accepting it for what it is, right? Letting go of what it was and having faith in what will be. And faith is, 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 faith is seeing what you believe, right? And, 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 by, and, and you'll see what you believe by having faith because that's the reward of faith. You're, the things that you see, the things that you think about, you'll bring about. So for me, you know, what fulfills me is, is loving other people, helping other people succeed, you know, helping people provide, you know, I, I have a couple of employees that work with me right now. And, you know, knowing that the money that we're able to generate, the revenue that I'm able to pay them, you know, in their own salaries, it, it doesn't just go to them. It goes to their children. It goes to their significant other. It goes to their families. It goes on, their, on them being able to have trips. It goes on them being able to, to buy themselves a watch, you know. And so for me, I, I, what fulfills me is love and creating opportunities for people and, and really just seeing people shine. I'm just mm-hmm. a candle and, and my job here is just to light the candles of other people. I, I love that. And I couldn't agree more with the, just the, the fact that you really are great at what you do in terms of just loving people and, and giving people that light because you certainly have done that for me over the years of my crazy ups and downs as as you recall and um certainly mm-hmm. i would say it's i'm so grateful to have had you along the way over these years and see me in my me ups too. and downs because um you know today i'm obviously doing much much better than i was you know 2 years ago when um we first reconnected after you know kind of a time of not having uh, connected that much cuz i just moved over here i was in college and mm-hmm. It, I feel like we just reconnected at the perfect time two and a half years ago. And then just ever since then have been really consistently chatting with each other, keeping up, always seeing each other when I'm back in Pennsylvania. So I'm so grateful for it. And, and I know that you'll continue to really bring light into other people's lives and certainly mine. So thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. You got it. It's my pleasure. I mean, that's what I'm here for. And you do the <laughs> same for me. So the, 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 the it's, it, it goes, it goes, you know, it goes a long way out saying, you know, I, I appreciate it as well. And, you know, I'm grateful that we could come here today and, and really, you know, share this with the audience to let them know what it's really been like for us the past couple of years. Yeah, super awesome. Well, thanks so much, Mike. Do you have any other last pieces of advice, last words, or, you know, share where they can find you on social media, anything um, they can look out for? Yeah, definitely. So on social media, um, whether it's Instagram platform, which is where I'm typically more active, or Facebook platform, I'm I'm at at sign CEO Mike M I K E Uribe U R I B E, and um, look out for my new e-commerce brand that I'll be launching pretty soon. You'll find out more about it through Emily or through my own personal page. And if I can be of service to anybody, feel free to DM me directly, connect with me through Emily. And you know, there's a lot of great people out there in the world. If you don't know one focus on being one. And before mm-hmm. you know it, your life will be filled with people just like you. I love that. That's a great place to end this. <laughs> Thank you so <laughs> much again, Mike. You're, you're so awesome. And you, you truly are going to be a one of a kind person and going to be impacting so many people's lives. And I'm definitely so excited to be on the journey with you. Me too, Emily. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. So that was today's episode with my dear friend, Mike Yu. As you can tell, we have such a strong friendship. I've learned a lot from him, whether that is things that I could apply in my sales job or just kind of the overall mindset and everyday practice that I can implement 
into my life and a big reason as to why I wanted him on this podcast is to just share that with you guys as well and of course to selfishly for me to remind myself of some of the things that I could be doing or could continue to do to improve my everyday life. I hope you guys enjoyed it, loved it. So if you did, please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts and be sure to give Mike a follow or reach out to him if you have any questions related to just kind of the overall mindset, how to approach things. He will always, I can guarantee it, give you just this weird sense of confidence and understanding of yourself and how to better approach any situation. Thanks again, and I will catch you guys in the next episode. Bye.